0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, October 19th, 2018. I'm Caleb Brown. The class action lawsuit is typically a tool for many aggrieved parties to take on one big entity. So what if that entity is a government? Maurice Thompson of the 1851 Center in Ohio sat down with me at the State Policy Network annual meeting to make a libertarian case for class action lawsuits. When we think about class action lawsuits, the the first thing that pops into my head is Walmart or people who are feel like they're owed uh, wages. Uh, typically, at least in my mind, I associate them with large groups of workers going up against uh, a corporate entity and saying, "We want more" or "We want this thing," justified or not. Sometimes, quite often, they probably are justified. Um, but you you make a case for that libertarians should be thinking more seriously about class action lawsuits to achieve ends that individuals might not be able to.
1: Absolutely. The libertarian case for class action lawsuits against government is in fact overwhelming. The class action device is relatively modern invention. It exists in almost no other country besides the United States And it's only been around for about 50 years, but the response amongst business people and conservatives in particular when they hear the words class action is so reflexively negative and in some circumstances perhaps rightly so because these devices are only used by the political left, but in fact um, a class of taxpayers or people forced to pay a particular fine or fee, or all subject to the same kind of seizure, are a perfect class of individuals to get certified by a court for a class action and to get their money back. Um, We got into this issue from a libertarian or right of center perspective. Back in 2014, we won a decision at the Ohio Supreme Court holding that this property tax that was imposed on this village without a vote was unconstitutional because no vote had taken place. And at that point, we said to the village, okay, we've won the case. Your property tax increase that you've been collecting for the last four years has been found unconstitutional. You now need to return the money. The village responded, nope, we're good. We're just going to keep it, Uh, to which we thought, you're gonna keep it? You know, you're just gonna keep the money? and we had never done a class action before, and like many things that end up becoming helpful in life, we learned to do the class action lawsuits because we were forced into a position where we had to sue the, the village. And in fact, we were able to return $6 million in illegal pro- property taxes to the taxpayers of this small village, thousands of dollars a year for each taxpayer that they wouldn't have otherwise gotten back, and instead they, they got this back in full. So, what is the process of putting together a class
0: action? there There are several things sort of red flags that pop up in my mind. One is
1: uh, in generally speaking, doesn't the government have to let you sue them? no. you you file a lawsuit in court and you file a motion to certify the class action. And what's so interesting for people who are interested in holding government accountable is that the criteria for certifying a class action, fits like a glove when your class is aggrieved taxpayers uh, or people who have suffered under an unconstitutional or otherwise unlawful monetary extraction from government of some kind or another the the criteria are pretty simple Uh, it's that there be a lot of aggrieved people who are similarly situated with a common question of law and that those people would be unlikely to bring a case on their own so it's very easy to imagine any scenario with a an illegal $50 inspection fee or $100 license fee or tax. You challenge that fee or tax on constitutional grounds, and it's very easy to certify a class of these taxpayers, rate payers, fine payers under the criteria that exist for class actions. It's just that because people that typically sue government um, typically are adverse to class actions. They never do so, but that's a shame because this solves a rather remarkable market failure in the market for legal services in the United States, insofar as um, if you are paying a a garbage $50 fee and you know it's probably illegal, you're not going to go out and hire a lawyer at $10,000 or $20,000 to challenge the fee. So many of these things. Otherwise, go unchallenged, and these class actions, because they seize the money back from government and give it back to the people who paid it, they they really do hold government accountable in a way that's not true if you simply invalidate the law.
0: And in a sense, you would uh, you would expect um, people who were aggrieved but didn't weren't really necessarily following the details of the case could still uh, receive the, those that money back. And then maybe they'd be a little more engaged in discovering whether or not their government is ripping them off.
1: Exactly. It's it's very rewarding as an attorney to be able to send out these letters with checks to people who didn't even know the lawsuit was perhaps going on. Perhaps these people always suspected some wrongdoing. Perhaps they weren't that engaged. But you shouldn't have to be engaged at that high of a level in order to get your money back when the government has done something illegal to you. And that's one of the reasons or why this work can actually be very ethical it's um it's not just that you're returning money to people who are not paying attention, but you're you're getting restitution back, and that's an important difference that I, I think that some people might not understand is it, it's a scenario where the local government has taken your car and you're seeking the return of your car, so we're not suing local governments for trumped up um, monetary damages or punitive damages, Um, what we're suing for is restitution. They charged you a $100 fee. That fee is illegal. Now, government, you have to return that fee. And in essence, it's, it's basically what the original story of Robin Hood was, which is where the Sheriff of Nottingham was collecting illegal fines and fees from the people And Robin Hood would um, swoop in, take this money out of the sheriff's pockets and return it to the people who had paid it, which, of course, is the original story of Robin Hood. And in a weird sort of way, the law is beginning to codify this Robin Hood-like principle. Just a month ago, we won a case, a class action like this, um, where the court held it's unjust for a government entity to retain fees or taxes that it has unlawfully obtained under the color of law. And believe it or not, this simple principle has something been something we've had to fight very hard for. But now that we've gotten to this point, these class actions are much more viable.
0: Uh, very recently, I, uh, careful listeners of this podcast will note, I spoke with Darpana Sheth of the uh, Institute for Justice, and uh, they recently, I think, are still in the process of closing out a class action case in the city of Philadelphia where people, in some cases, hundreds of people per year were having their homes seized by the city of Philadelphia and were not being given uh, due process of uh, court. And uh, if a judge accepts the case, uh, accepts the agreement to the consent decree, then these people will get restitution for that. It, it's also interesting to note that uh, you know, in, in some sense, if, if a government knows that a class action is looming out there, or could be assembled quickly. It might put them on notice to simply follow the law.
1: That's right. the The beauty of this mechanism is that it creates a deterrence effect. It allows attorneys to challenge laws that would otherwise go unchallenged because it creates a financial incentive for both the plaintiffs and sometimes for the lawyers. And and this is true in the nonprofit context for our, our public interest firms. We can return. One hundred cents on the dollar to these people because we don't need to take a slice of that to make a profit But it's even ethical to invite private attorneys to do this You know one of the things that we would like to to do and one of the trails we're liking Looking to blaze here is a trail that allows ambulance chasers to be converted into bureaucrat chasers and Even if those folks have to take ten cents on the dollar they're still res- returning 90% of what was wrongly taken from aggrieved citizens and taxpayers, and that's 90% more than these people would otherwise get. So that's still a win, and it, it's a win that can imply in so many contexts, illegal taxes, illegal inspection fees. Um, we've got a class action now to return Illegal alarm registration fees that folks were required to pay, where they needed to pay $100 to the city before they could have a security alarm to protect their homes. So we we not only challenge and prevail against the constitutionality of these sorts of regulations, but we're able to then play Robin Hood and return the money to, to the people from whom it was stolen. Maurice Thompson is
0: executive director at the 1851 Center in Ohio. We spoke at the State Policy Network annual meeting in Salt Lake City. You can subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you get your podcasts. And you can follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.